Hey everyone, this is Drew Collins. Before we get started with this episode, I'd like to invite you to join Leela's 8 Plus 8 Composium. It's your opportunity to develop your composition skills in a group setting that features friendly dialogue among other creatives. The goal of the course is to help you unlock your musical voice in a community of trust. In four short weeks, you'll boost your confidence as a composer and feel equipped to teach others how to compose. What makes the Composium work is that clear boundaries are set from the start. Boundaries or rules prevent decision fatigue and provide a safety net. When boundaries are explored and eventually crossed and rules are broken, that's when creativity kicks in. This unique online class environment is limited to eight per class and invites you to workshop, or what Leela likes to call it, sandbox ideas working alongside others and coaching each other in the creative process. Leela is excited to announce that two full classes are in session now, and she plans to hold more later this year and next. If this opportunity sounds good to you, make sure to get your name on the wait list. Head to the show notes at leelavis.com slash keyideas, where you'll find the link to learn more and sign up. Now, on to the episode. Hello, this is Leela Viss, and welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm the host of Key Ideas. This podcast empowers piano teachers to unlock the transformative power of music in their students and shift from a mindset of survival to one of revival. Are you looking for repertoire that is kid-tested and teacher-approved? Me too. This episode continues my conversation with Charlene Jarvis, We set a timer for 20 minutes and list our favorite sheet music that connects with students. The pieces we repeat or recycle from year to year. Grab some sneakers and listen in. I wonder if some of our choices are on your list. Charlene is back with more of her favorite repertoire. So let's keep going, but let's head back just a little bit. You said you had a few more primer pieces that you'd like to share. I'd love to hear them. Okay. So my students love another one from this piano safari, which is a day in the life of a tall giraffe. Oh yeah. Which, and I, I have a little giraffe that I always get. <laughs> yes, you do. It's super cute. I got it when I was in Africa and, and I actually has my student name, the giraffe, uh, Gerard giraffe. Uh-huh. I mean, even got his fun little name and what i love about this um tall giraffe is they learn it, you have to teach some of it by rope because it's got this bump 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 da 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 and it's got the syncopated rhythm yeah. and the kids love to play that mm-hmm. and they're playing on fingers two three four which is so great yeah so they're playing on those strong fingers and they just sound mature and cool when they're playing it and it works it keeps those those they like the imagery of the tall fingers, keeping those fingers tall and their wrists tall. Bum, bum. Anyway, it's a, it's a great piece. And the lyrics are awesome. Um, let's see, with your days out in the sun, is your life lots of fun? And then, of, of course, my life is really great. So it's really positive and happy. Yes. And, you know, it's a great little primer piece. Well, so. and as uh, the tall giraffe, they talk about 
that as being the idea of the giraffe going down to eat something and then coming back up. So it really helps with the wrist motion. I have a stuffed giraffe that I pull out and it just magically helps them with that wrist, which no one does that during the day. I ask my, my adult piano students a lot when I ask them to do that, like, how many times do you do that in a day? Never, you know? So it is a strange motion. So the more imagery right. we can give our students with a giraffe, the better. And I believe that but that tune, that song is in their technique book as well. It's part of the repertoire, but I think you can get it as a separate or in, in Yes, in the I think, book. and next it talks about um, tall giraffe is non-legato. They're working on that too with the page right before. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 really terrific. So my students love that piece. Okay. And my other primer one that I have is um, a Kevin Olson Start Your Engines which, and it even has a darling duet that goes along with it. I had a set of brothers play this this year that's super cute. And um, in the middle, they get to speed up faster and faster and faster and faster, which is super oh, fun. fun. And then they crash in the middle, huh? which is darling. Um, but it's just a very cute little piece in middle C position. They cross over and it's very, um, it's just a fun it's just a fun piece. My boys in particular like okay. this piece. I now, don't have a lot of girls that have picked it, but my boys, you know, love to do that too. I just need to pause a moment because a lot of you aren't seeing what I'm seeing. I'm going to take a screenshot here. So you're holding up your sheet music, but it has been laminated and it has your little label on it. So tell me about that. Why do you do that with your sheet music? Well, you know, I'll have to send another picture too. Um, I, I also have at home, I bought magazine racks that I have um, all my music in and I've kind of got it by level. So primer one, two, and then I let my students go choose music out of there too. So if they want to pick something new, they, I'll tell them, why don't you pick something off of, you know, that level or that, you know, pick in the middle rack first, second, or third line shelf down, and they can just pick something by what it looks like on the cover kind of thing. And sometimes they pick just by what the picture looks like, <laughs> or sometimes right. they open it up and think it looks easy and they pick it because it looks easy, oh, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, but I always, I usually laminate my cheap sheet music, which means I have to cut it. And then I laminate it because then I, I loan it out through my library and then I can write on it with a wet erase oh, pen, those easy yes. markers. Yeah. And then they wash right off and then I get it back and um, they cleans up great. And my sheet music comes back perfect and it's heavy. And um, ah, oh, that's a good idea. Great. And so do you do that? Do you do that at Office Depot or something? You have them laminate? No, I bought a laminator for $20 on Amazon. They're like 20 bucks. But now how is it big enough to do your music that way? Or do you? I cut the music down. So I have a paper cutter and I cut the music so it will fit inside because most of the music's too big. Right. And then you tape it? Do you tape the two sides together? I use this funny There we go. Ah, yes. My favorite tape. This Scotch shipping tape, you know, this big fat tape yes. that you get in package boxes. Yeah. I have this in my studio because I use this tape. I do too. For all my repairs on my music. And then I tape the sheet music together. Um, so it looks yes. like it's all one piece. Oh. And it, it stays together great. Charlene, that's brilliant. Okay. I'm sold. Yeah. 
it's it's pretty great so it does take time anytime i get sheet music it, it takes a little time but my laminated stuff lasts forever yeah and then oh. you don't and then you always get that back then you yes always, you always have know. a copy yeah yeah they're not going to keep something that's laminated like that they know right it's mm. not theirs so. okay any other lower level pieces that we should so yeah, so I have one that's uh, another one that my students love by Wendy Stevens called The Bold Escape. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, this one's terrific. Um, this one I love because it's all over the piano and it starts really low and then it builds, they cross hands so they look, uh, they sound like they're playing mm -hmm. this really big piece. They're holding down the pedal, so they produce a really large sound. They're pretty much in C position all the way through. It's not difficult to play at all, but it sounds really big because uh, they're all over the piano. It's it's a great it's a great piece. I yes, love I love it. I love yes, thank you. Um, that would have made my list too. I haven't taught. By the that way, and I'm seeing recently. on the back what we need to do an episode on Christmas music because oh, I have good idea. Lots of Christmas music. Okay, let's do that. It's your okay. turn, Emily. Oh, it's my turn. Okay, let's see. So you finished with most of the lower level things. Well, I have some level two pieces still. Do you have some level two? Okay. Um, uh, maybe not. Let's go to your level two. Okay, this collection, uh, John George. Um, yes. His music is really terrific. This collection, A Day in the Jungle. He also has one a day in the forest. that's really good. Mm -hmm. I love a day in the jungle. A lot of this is road teaching, but he has pieces about all these different animals, like elephant walking, gazelle prancing, snake sneaking. They're fantastic. They're very descriptive. Uh, the tiger stalking is amazing. The students play really low and they start slow and they have a chelaronda, they get really fast and then they slow down and then they get really fast and they slow down. It's, they're, they're fantastic. So every student that plays in this book loves, loves the pieces. And I would say all of them are wonderful. Um, some are lyrical. There's a couple lyrical ones and then there's a few that are really, uh, bouncy and loud, but they're, they all match exactly whatever animal that he has chosen. So that's fantastic. Um, another one that I love, my boys especially, not all, actually girls too. Tom Giroux has um, a series called Piece by Piece. Mm -hmm. They're color pieces. This one is called The Game Master and it's all about video games. Oh, so fine. all the kids who play video games are totally into this one because it's about video games. So um, they love the lyrics. If I show anyone what this piece is, they all want to play. Um, so fine. Game Master by Tom Giroux. The lyrics are darling. Uh, pedagogically, it's in three-quarter time. We've got... Um, not a lot of positional moving, um, but we do have some accidentals in there. We're D major, and we do jump to D minor for a short period of time in there too. So nice, thank you. I'm always looking for those. One other thing I thought of with John George is, and I can't remember the name of the book right now. It will come to me. I think it's a jungle something, but Rain in the Rainbow. Have you ever taught that one before? Yes, that's such a oh my gosh. Yes, I had a student win a competition with that piece. Really. It's so wonderful. That one is in A Day in the Forest. Thank you. Okay. It's so wonderful. Yes. Yes. 
That is just that so descriptive and pattern-based, and yet a, it falls outside of the normal patterns just enough to make it really exciting. Yes, and it's so expressive that mm -hmm. the student waits long enough yes. for all the right things. It sounds, it's yes. perfect. Okay, and I have one more that I have a student that played it. Actually, everyone that plays this loves it. It's actually a favorite one. We've probably all taught this piece, Snap and Harriet. Oh, I remember this one, but it's been a long time. Yeah, it's in it's in the Gold Star performance. I forget that I even have this yes. book, and I pulled it out to have somebody read it, and this kid just thought it was the best Aww. thing ever. Yeah, it's just a really fun, you know, they get to snap as they play, and I since it was a boy, I let him change it to Snap and Harry, you know, and um, he just loved it. So it's a very fun, syncopated, fun quick learn sight reading piece. So there's kind of all my level. Good. Thank you for reminding me about these because, oh, it's so easy to forget what you have. So up to you. Okay. Let me see what would fall in next. Mm, I think what I'll do, since we're talking about video games just a little while back, I'm going to talk about Chrissy Ricker's volume two of let's quest she has three volumes and they are all very popular in my studio last year i focused on 20th century music and so i just thought well what does that mean that could mean ragtime it could mean i didn't do movie soundtracks because i wanted to stay away from anything that was popular um, or arranged i wanted original type music. So I, I aimed for that instead. But one of them I decided would be video games. And so video games fell into the 20th century form. And so I introduced a lot of students to Chrissy Ricker's Lux Quest. And that second volume, it seems to be just a hit with every single person. And now I have a girl that is going to learn every single piece out of that book because she just adores it so much. But the one tune that everyone loves, the one piece is Awakening. And it has so much drama. And it has rocking right hand, da-da-da-da-da, and octaves in the left hand. So it feels very good and it sounds mysterious. And then there's this middle section, bum 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 bum. You know, it just it it hits all the buttons in all the right places and it is a win every time. So oh, I can't say enough awesome. about that. Yeah, that it's just such a fun one. My uh, students love her pieces. Mm. She does, she's a great arranger. She is. Yes. And, and I think what I like about her pieces is that they follow a lot of patterns again. She, and I think I look for pieces with patterns, especially when people are just starting to get their reading skills on. The more patterns they have, the easier it is for them and the, the more confident they feel with their reading. I would agree. So, okay. okay that's have, yes. Moving I forward. Have a funny story for you. Okay. This is a classic in my studio. Every kid who plays this piece absolutely loves it. It's by Robert Vandal. Um, mm. It's out of the Mose and Moods book. Um, my own son learned this piece and it's the only piece he can still remember how to play. Ah, fun. So when he sits down to play the piano, this is what he plays. This is the only piece he can play. And it's jazzy. Um, it's in D minor and it's this cool, Da, 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 da. It's this fun, jazzy rhythm. He changes it up in the middle. It's got some fun scale passages in there. It's got some tricky things to work out. 
but it's just um, a very fun, exciting piece to play. And this collection, Modes and Moods, has pretty much every piece in this collection is great. So this is, if you don't have this collection yet, um, I, Alfred publishes it and it's worth it to have. Okay, so it's still available because I had it and now someone Yeah, Alfred it publishes okay. um, his thing. So Modes and Moods by Robert Vandal. Okay, or and just Jazzy. Jazzy, yeah. Okay, speaking of which, I am looking for, because this was one of them that I wanted to mention in this list that I haven't used in a long time, but I could not find it. So it could be in a collection, but it's called White Heat by Robert Vandal. And, oh, it's such a good piece. I have that. And you're right. It wasn't a collection, but I think it might was be it? This virtuosic, virtuos, oh, virtuosic, um, I'll look it up and see if I can okay. find it. Because that is a hit. That is so much fun to play. And again, it sounds very sophisticated and power packed. And then it's not too hard. Yeah. You know what he was, what he, what Bob was so good at was writing these big pieces because his hands, you know, his hands were small. Right. So he could write, he'd write these things for that were accessible to everyone because he, they were accessible to him, which yeah. just made it so great. That's what all I was right. going to say is they're all based on five finger patterns. His rhythms are tricky. That's, yes, that's the are. one thing, but that's what makes his pieces so much fun. That's why we like to play them. Right. Well, I'm going to head over to the classical world, actually to the Baroque world. And Ooh. I like my students to play from different time periods. And I realized that some of the music is not going to appeal. So I try and find something that will. And one surefire piece that I would say most every one of my students plays from the Baroque period is the Musette by the Anna Magdalena Bach notebook or from oh. the, yes. And I teach that a lot by rote because it's so filled with patterns. The left hand is doing the octave drone and then the right hand is in that D major and uh, five finger pattern and it has those interesting leaps i even blogged about how i teach it by rote because you can pretty much do everything by rote except one little section there's that you know they always do that bach likes to do that second page top line maybe huh? second line there's something really tricky um and i've got some ways to really break that down speaking of breaking down tasks in order for them to get it get that one spot yes that one spot where that is we all know where that is but you know they i like it when they can do it because they feel good about it and uh, then they've played something from the baroque i know i love gosh well yeah there are some really fun good baroque pieces that i can think of too gosh you just got my brain going no, uh oh <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep i'll keep with my list okay here's, a, here's an oldie but goodie. oh yes <sighs> Well, it's not old like in the Baroque period, but um, this um, piece, Appalachian um, Air and Dance by Bernard Schack. Schack. Mm -hmm. yep. Isn't yes, he they're from Denver. Yes. And they're Jamie, from Denver. Jamie, their daughter, is a teacher. She's, I love her. And yeah, so anyway, that's so cool that you brought one of these. Oh, I love, I love his music. And, um, and I knew that he was, I'm glad you corrected me on how to say his mm -hmm. name correctly. Um, I have a particularly shy student and she asked for an angry piece. 
And this was the piece I chose because it starts out slow and quiet, but then she got to really play this big loud part mm. so she could get out all of her emotions on the next page. Oh, so funny. it's a great all over the piano kind of piece. It sounds bigger and harder than, uh, than it is. And it's very, very fun to play. So it's a great, um, you know, tween, like 10, 11 year old. Nice. Okay, good. Because I think I even have that book. I, I also use Water Wheel from book two. That's a good one too. Okay. Yeah, that's, I know. Most of the pieces in there, I really enjoy. Kalahari, that one's mm. super cool because okay. it's all on one staff and it's the rhythms are tricky and fun. Oh. Okay. I have so many. All right. That's your turn, Mila. Okay. Well, then I'm going to stick with the classical vein. Actually, we're moving into classical, more uh, romantic, but Arabesque by Bergmuller is one of my go-tos. And I especially do. when, because I like my students to play European dead guy pieces, even though I'm kind of over them, I still feel like they need to have a dose of them. And that one, so many people choose and it's so much fun. Really? And again, it has one little part on the second page that gets a little nasty and then we're back home and then it's okay again, but there's just- well, And it's good technically, that was one of those oh, too. Yes. But it's very okay. good for them to learn how to play cleanly yes. and to play those um, five-figure patterns and, and right. nice, even yes. clean. Yep, yep. Well, while we're speaking of Bergmuller, okay. I love uh, the Balad, um, Opus 100, number 15, where, bum, 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 where it, you know, it's in the left hand. Oh, okay. You know which one I'm talking about? No, I don't know. I'm going to sing it for you because. Oh, yes, the ballad. Yo. Oh, yes, shoot. Yes, I should have added that one on. Yes. Yes. That one. Yes. This one. Definitely. Is definitely a studio favorite. Um, and it's the, it's so varied, of course, when we get to the B section where they have to be lyrical and, and play clean with the left hand. It's a, I think it's a good challenging. Piece, One tip that I have, studio favorite. yes. One tip I have for the left hand, because a lot of people struggle with that, especially because da, 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 it goes down to that fourth finger. Yes. And then we talk about, yeah, your fourth finger is your weakest finger. That's not just a you thing. That's an everybody thing. And yep. then I, I really talk about arm weight coming behind there. And then I also have them crescendo da, 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 da. And that really helps them. The other thing I do is I have them play it in the right hand as well with their left hand. Da, da, da because da, 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 the, the, the right hand is a little bit smarter than the left hand in general. So it, the left hand is a little bit like a puppy dog. And if, if the right hand gets it, the left hand generally does because it like will follow. follow. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. So I, that's, a, I, that's an excellent one. Uh, okay. I love, love that Your piece. Right hand lady. Oh, man. Okay. Oh, let's see. I will go with, this is something for all pretty much anybody who is late elementary through advanced and for all ages, and that is Piano Man. And I teach it pretty much by rote, uh, but, and, and then I have a certain way that I teach the introduction. So I don't know if it really counts as true literature, but they'll, most people will come with 
you know, Piano Man in some book. Hey, I've got this book of uh, Billy Joel. I want to play Piano Man. And then I always shrink it down to the bare minimum. Okay. And and then they learn it pretty much by rote. And I break it down into patterns that they can play and feel good with. But that one is chosen a lot by so many different age groups. It's very interesting. That is interesting how those cycle through a lot, isn't it? Yes. Because, you know, a 12-year-old, they only know it because their parents have listened to it. But it it's almost falling into that classic world where it's, you know, it's so well known. And I think what's really cool about it is if you can play it from memory, because that's pretty much what I want them to do is play it from memory, uh, because they've learned it by rote, is if there's a piano in the room, then you can play piano man, you're, you're rocking, you know, people right. will want to be your friend if you can play piano man right. on the piano. So that's why it's a fun one to give students to play. Uh, but they usually ask for it. That's, uh, or I'll do it during the summer as just something fun to do. That's a definite fun one. Mm -hmm. All right. That was our timer. So let's do this one. So what do you have left? Do you have mostly advanced? Things? I have mostly, I have mostly, intermediate to early advanced Ooh, so we okay. can just save that for another time should we do that let's save that for another time very good and now do we have a teaching tip for this time around this time around mm. our teaching tip could probably be oh moments of genuine connection Ooh. so nice. i would say when you are when your student first arrives take a few minutes to make sure you have maybe not but 30 seconds to have a genuine moment of connection with your student to see where they are, <laughs> what their emotional state is. So you know exactly how to respond to them. If they're having a crummy day, you're not going to get very far. If they're feeling great, you're going to have a great lesson. So it's important to know where you are so you can figure out how to move forward in your lesson. So mm -hmm. that genuine connection and knowing who they are. Because if you don't know who they are, they know, and they're not going to respond to you. Such a good, such a good tip. And I, I think I default a little bit too much. Like I should set a timer for myself. Okay, done after a minute, because then I can keep asking questions. Oh, you went camping? Where'd you go? All that kind of stuff. Thank so you. I do that too. I know, but I think that's, it's better to overdo than to underdo, you know? Yep. And you can also uh, we always follow up with a quick text afterward, mm. you know, their parents too, but it's, it's better, you know, for your students. I just had lunch with a former student yesterday that's getting married okay. and I haven't seen her for five years. So, you know, that was, that's great to have those kinds of things that they want to see you again, yes. you know? Yeah. Thank there you. you. That's a great tip. All right. We'll be back talking Perfect. more repertoire. See you later. Bye. Hey, everyone. Stay tuned for one more episode where Leela and Charlene wrap up their three-part series called Repertoire Worth Recycling. You don't want to miss it. And don't worry. At the end of this three-part series, all the titles of the pieces, the links to videos, and where you can purchase each piece will be made available. So make sure to follow Key Ideas wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts so you don't miss a thing. This is Key Ideas.